Know Your Food with Wardy, episode 102. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 102. See you there. Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Wardy. I'm Wardy in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at ganalfglins.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about ditching those poisonous processed foods, breaking free from the conventional food paradigm, and instead embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Good morning, everyone. I'm going to start with an apology for missing a week of my podcast. I do have an excuse. A cold hit our family, and I went down as well. And um, it was the first time in a few years that I'd gotten um, as cold as badly as I did. And so there was about a week and a half where I just was too congested, coughing too much to do any talking, especially recorded talking. Um, but I'm back to health now. Um, I have to say I'm a little bit extra tired and doing some extra sleeping, but that's good. But at least I can talk again and work again and have mental clarity and be excited about my work again. And so that brings me to having a podcast with you. I'm glad to be back. Um, talking to you about getting sick brings me right into the tip of the week. It just was, uh, something that made a huge difference for me. Um, last year I purchased a neti pot. If you're not familiar with a neti pot, it's a really easy way to just irrigate and soothe your sinus passages. And last year I picked one up just because I saw it. It was on sale. I knew they were good, but I put it away, not having need for it. I don't have allergies anymore. Um, and, and I, and I forgot about it. And then I was in the throes of this cold and I was so congested and I just simply couldn't clear it out. And it was giving me headaches. I couldn't sleep because I was so congested. I couldn't breathe. And I felt like I was gagging and I was just working so hard to clear it out the usual way, blowing my nose. And my husband was like, what are you doing? We have something for that. Go do it. And I said, oh my goodness, you're right. We do. We even have a neti pot now. I got the neti pot out and I used it for the first time. And um, it was a huge turning point in my healing. It just, it was so soothing. And I finally was able to clear my head. And it was such a simple thing. The neti pot you fill with warm water and there's a little packet with, um, oh, I can't remember what's in it. Salt and baking soda or something like that. And um, just the water feels so good, and it loosens things up, and then you just gently blow. This is kind of gross, but you just gently blow, and you can just clear it out. And I did it two to three times a day for the duration of my um, being sick. And every time I did it, I felt like this major... Well, by the time I would do it again, I was ready to do it again. So I was starting to feel really crummy. I'd use the neti pot, and it would be like making a 180. Um, it just made a huge difference because that sinus pain and pressure and congestion just really affects your outlook and how you feel. And if you can um, soothingly clear that out, open up your nasal passages, you know, soothe them because they're irritated 
and just loose, loosen up all that junk in there. It just really speeds up healing and you just feel a lot better. So that is my tip of the week. I'm going to have a link for you to a neti pot in the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 102. So if you haven't had one, haven't been introduced to one, want to check it out, I highly recommend it now and I will never forget to use it again. Um, it's just wonderful. I'm going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Wardy, a traditional cooking expert and food blogger at Ganalflins.com. For years, my family struggled with food-related health problems, but we don't anymore. And I'd love to show you that preparing whole foods with traditional methods is easy, delicious, and super good for you too. So just go to traditionalcookingschool.com slash free, and I'll show you how easily you can do it too. I'll give you five free videos that include my favorite traditional cooking techniques, plus printable at-a-glance fact sheets as a handy reference. So if you're ready to start looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good, then visit traditionalcookingschool.com slash free today. Now, we don't have a listener question today, and that's because my um, my visit with Jonathan Harris, I'll tell you about him in just a moment, the feature of this podcast, my visit with him went extra long and it's extra good. So we're going to skip the listener question this week and I'll save them up for next time. So I want to introduce you to Jonathan Harris. Now, Jonathan's wife, Renee, was my guest way back on podcast number nine, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash nine. Renee has a um, homemade hard lotion, lotion bars company with really nourishing skincare products. So we've had a good visit with Renee in the past. Well, Jonathan is my guest today. And Jonathan's story is so fascinating. He's the author of the 10K to Talent website. It's 10K, the number 1010ktotalent.com. He's a homeschooling father. He and Renee homeschool their eight children. Their oldest child just turned 17. And as a homeschooling father, he was looking for ways to make the standard educational time more productive and worthwhile. He feared that they're going to spend so much time perfecting educational details, but still wind up getting where they didn't want to be. And that was where his children um, didn't have real talent, um, real skills. Um, Instead, he wanted to be able to give his children an inspiration to develop early in their life, a focus and a drive to cultivating something they would eventually be very, very good at, and maybe even something they could use to provide for themselves with a generous living. So he started experimenting by dovetailing their standard learning times as a means to push his children into a deeper understanding around one chosen topic of their interest. And so what happened after all these experiments? Well, he developed some great tips and techniques that he is now sharing with other homeschooling parents. The reason for all this is to guide his children into a lifelong passion early enough so that they can avoid wandering aimlessly in their early 20s with unfocused college degrees or low-paying market skills. It's really taking passion, focus, discipline, creativity, and productivity and turning them all into um, potentially valuable life skills that earn a living for children before they reach the age of 18. It's 
amazing and inspirational. Now, you may be wondering, what does this have to do with food? Well, we all have families, and we're putting food on the table. Our children are going to have to do that one day. We want, we want to have a living and a lifestyle that is in alignment with our values and um, the things that we want to provide for our family. And so many of us homeschool, or even if we don't homeschool, we're highly invested in our children and what they will one, do, one day do with their lives. So that's why I wanted to talk to Jonathan today, because whether or not our children have an interest in being, you know, a chef who cooks seasonal vegetables or um, one of our children may be interested in gardening or homesteading, one of them may be interested in something completely different from, you know, the topics that we usually talk about here. But the fact remains that we want our children to develop these talents and earn a good living so that they continue the traditions. Um, Hopefully it will be in their hearts, too, of putting nourishing food on the table and living this traditional lifestyle. So that's why I wanted to visit with Jonathan today because he's doing amazing things in his family and he's um, coaching other families to do the same with their children, to help their children develop um, talent before they leave our homes. And there's so much more to say, but if I say it all now, um, I'll cover everything we covered in the interview. So it's just time to go to the interview. But I want to let you know two things. One, you can visit the show notes for links and more of all we talk about, me and Jonathan. So that's knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 101. Second, that at the end, Jonathan is going to have a special offer to make to parents. And that special offer is not going to be in the show notes. It's only verbal on the podcast. So you have to listen all the way to the end to hear what he has for you. Um, It's something for free that if his journey and his goals and desires and the what he, the amazing things that he's doing with his children and other families that he's coaching, if that resonates with you, you're going to want to take him up on it. So just listen through to the end and you will hear a special uh, free invitation from Jonathan. You don't want to pass it up. Okay, so enjoy. Hey everyone, this is Wardy and I'm thrilled to be here with my friend Jonathan Harris. Hi Jonathan. Hi Wardy. I'm so glad you could join me. So glad to introduce you to all our listeners. It's really exciting what you do. So let's start, though, with just a general introduction. Tell us about you and your family and what you do. Yes, uh, my full name is Jonathan Harris, and I live in uh, the beautiful state of California, actually in the very northern top section at the end of the valley. And I live here with my wife, Renee. We run a, um, a home business. And we have eight kids still at home, and we homeschool. And so we've been here in this part of the United States for the last uh, 10 years now, and we're really enjoying it. Wonderful. I should have mentioned um, that your wife, Renee, has been a guest on Know Your Food with Wardy. So any, everybody, if you want to hear Renee, you can go back to Know Your Food number nine. That's knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash nine. And that was a really fun visit. Well, Jonathan, let's jump right into what makes you so special. You have this fantastic um, approach to learning and education for kids called 10K to Talent. Why don't you tell us what that's all about? Yes, uh, 10K to Talent is a a website uh, that I started off as a blog uh, a few years ago. And it was basically kind of my, chronicling my journey with my uh, boys. My my oldest boy is now 17, and at that time, when I started, I think he was 12 or 11 years of age. And <clears throat> I was reading 
in my professional life and for my own pleasure a lot on the uh, 10,000 hour literature for adults on how to develop uh, extraordinary talent in your life. And uh, there's a lot of literature that's been written on that. And then I, as I was reading about it, I got interested in, in applying that to my boys. And I thought, well, this could be really exciting. How about if I could try applying some of those principles with my teenage boys um, and see how that turns out rather than waiting for them to, to do it when they're adults? So I, I got to think, well, I better write this down because whatever it is I discover along the way, if I make some mistakes, uh, I'll forget all about that. I'll forget all the thinking process that went into it. So that's when I started blogging about it so I could um, eventually share it with, the, with other people if I was successful at it. And, so, and, I, and I did. And I, I, these, some of these techniques I was trying uh, were really working for me. And so I just continued blogging and augmenting the information that I had. And then eventually I, I distilled it into uh, um, uh, one particular guide uh, so that other parents could use that and uh, help them find a talent that they could start in their child's life. Exciting. So if you could just summarize it in a couple sentences, what, um, you know, all this research you've done, what you've put together, um, What's the purpose and what are, what are you achieving with your teenage sons? Yeah, well, the main thing is that we, uh, like I think a lot of people are experiencing this now, is there is so much information out there available. Like in the past, if you had to do a homework assignment, you would typically go to the library. And like in the state of California, for example, um, every year around a certain time, I'm not sure when it is exactly, but I know when we go to the library, all the books on uh, the missions um, – the Spanish missions that were in California are all checked out because everybody is studying California history and about the only broad written material written on that time period is about missions. And so everybody focuses on, the, on that subject. Well, it used to be that's what you had to do because there wasn't really that much more information to do. Now you can go online and order from Amazon and, and get used books at a super cheap price on almost any topic that you can think of. And so that's because there's just been an explosion of opportunities out there for information and good courses and good curriculum. And so what you need to do is narrow down something so that your child can become good enough that it makes a difference in his, uh, in his adult life. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do is help you focus, uh, help parents focus on something that's going to have a big enough impact um, uh, for their adult life. And the other one is also trying to find a way to uh, use those skills and that those abilities to bring value to other people's lives. That's the other side of the coin is that when you're developing talent in children, you're trying to find something that's going to bring value to other people in their life. So you're, you want to move them away from a hobby to into a talent. So there is a, there is a that's something that parents get hung up on a lot. Like a hobby is much more for personal consumption and personal pleasure, which there's a, there's total room for that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it gets fused uh, as, a, uh, as a talent. And, uh, and that's partly what, uh, what my guide helps people to do is try to figure out how they can turn, let's say, a hobby into a talent um, or how if you don't have anything at all, how to find something so you can go straight to a talent. I see. So can you walk us through some examples maybe? I mean, like maybe give us a situation where a child has a, hobby and it might not be a good candidate for a talent 
And then on the flip side, do what you just mentioned, which is there's really like no hobbies that are standing out. How 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 is that child or that parent on behalf of the child supposed to pull a talent out for their child? Exactly. Totally. Well, I mean, I'll use the example of my son Jonathan, who goes by my same same name as I do. And uh, when he uh, was quite a bit younger, we got him a camera because we needed a camera for our other home business and uh, to take uh, product shots and so forth. And and my wife Renee was doing it. And then we got to thinking, well, our son is capable enough. Let's enlist him, and he'd probably enjoy that. And he did. So we got a camera at the time. The digital cameras were really becoming affordable, the bigger ones. And so we got him that. He's been helping us in the background with that business. And uh, then he got excited about, well, I could I could do uh, uh, some video shoot and put a story together. And so he went through the typical teenage boy thing where there's a lot of, you know, shoot him up type things and people falling out of windows. Not really, but he could do that from a video edit. And then he, um, he tried putting together a... a, a a big story with the neighborhood kids and it it was okay you know it's fun that was definitely more of a hobby and then I I started gently steering him to looking at video and uh, um, photography so that he could start bringing value to others so he so he helped us some more with our business got a lot more involved with that he took a a couple of lessons Actually, it was just one lesson. Uh, he got the information elsewhere, but on how to do better uh, product shoots from a professional photographer. So we were trying to turn his hobby into a little more of a productive value for us. Mm-hmm. But at one point, we we got came to a big breakthrough because we realized we didn't want him to do wedding photography, for example, because wedding photography is there's amazing photographers out there already. And they do fantastic work. The market is saturated with it, especially for young men. So it's very difficult to break into and uh, find room to uh, make a living at it or uh, find room to um, uh, volunteer on those projects unless you're already really good. So uh, we wanted to steer him away from that. But we noticed we had a friend who uh, who uh, who was a pilot, and he, he was one of the first people to get those uh, – drones, those super cheap drones that you can get and put a camera on. And he was visiting him and then that's when it clicked. You know, we're gonna we're gonna take that drone, put a camera on it, and uh start filming. And uh right away I encouraged him to let's look for an opportunity where we can do some filming from the air that will bring value to people. So the natural thing that happened there is that real estate was uh, uh an opportunity here locally where people were excited about having their property filmed from the air so they could put it up for uh, for rent. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. So that was an example of how, um, as a parent, and I talk a lot about that uh, my website, it's really up to the parents when they're young to guide them into a direction that brings value to other people. There's all sorts of reasons for that. One is they just don't have the life experience that you do to be mm-hmm. able to pro- So you got to clear the way for them. They're still going to have to do the work themselves, but you can emotionally prep them for that. You can, you can um, ask favors from other adults to get them inside the door, and then from there they can take off with it. So that's exactly what, in, in Jonathan's case, this is exactly what happened. And people are really responsive to young people when they're trying to be uh, productive. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's just taken off uh, in that example. So that starts off kind of as a hobby, interesting tool. 
and um, and that was good. And then he was doing a lot of the fun kid stuff, and we're saying, okay, you know what, that's okay. Let's see if we can try to bring value to people. So as soon as you start thinking value to other people, you have to uh, find other skills to go with it in order to make that happen. I see. So, so that's like one of the key questions is bringing value to the equation. I mean, when yes. you ask that question, then you start drawing on all these other things. Right, exactly. And so uh, another example uh, it would be, um, if, you know, this is a typical thing. You think of the teenage girl who's going to really emote in her private uh, journal or diary and, uh, and, and, and it's going to write and write. Well, at that point, she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's learning how to write and so forth, but it's still a hobby from a, from a talent perspective because she's only bringing value to herself and that's fine. But it's not really being turned into a talent yet. So if she, if a person, for example, uh, was really interested in writing and and they were loving that, you'd try to get them to produce something through the writing that's going to bring value to other people. And that's an interesting question because mm-hmm. you have to think about it. There's any number of directions you could go. You could point them toward to writing uh, uh, towards a blog or to putting short stories out or to doing scripts or uh, um, uh, uh, to writing um, um, to help people through personal correspondence. So you move away from the personal consumption of your skill and you're trying to make it a skill that's going to bring value to other people. And it's in the process of trying to bring value to other people that you're going to realize that you need to add these other skills to it. So in the diary example, if, uh, if a person wanted to then go, let's say I'm going to write something. Well, at that point in time, if you want somebody to read your blog, you're going to have to have a topic to focus on, right? You can't just mm-hmm. write, go from thing to thing. And you're also going to have to figure out how to work a blog. And th- from then on, if you're really interested in having people read you, you may have to get involved in the marketing aspect of maintaining the mailing list. So you can see that you're moving from just a pure writing skill to something very complex, that you keep adding one skill to after another. Right. <clears throat> this is just mind-blowing how amazing this is. Um, because number one, I think you've made a very good distinguish, distinguish, distinction between hobby and talent. Like a person may have an interest, they just love to do it. But it's when they start thinking of the pathways of bringing value to other people with that hobby, that's when they develop it into a talent because then they're adding all kinds of other skill sets. Exactly. In order to deliver... Yes. This heart's passion to the world or not even to the world, to the people who really need right. it. Like your son, Jonathan, he's got the people who want their homes filmed from the air. <laughs> exactly. OK, this is really cool. So let's talk now about the timing on this. I mean, you talked about how <clears throat> the literature here was kind of for grownups putting in all these hours to develop a talent. And you decided to do it with your teenage sons. Yes. Um, how early can you start? And um, maybe a corollary question is, when is it too late? <laughs> uh, well, the, 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 uh, there is a too late point in the sense that once they leave your home, you know, they're no longer there for you to, to control them, <laughs> to control their environment. So obviously when they leave your home, it's too late. Uh, and also they need to, at that point, they're adults. They can make their own decisions. They have the ability to do things. So that that's basically when they're 18, um, uh, probably even a little bit sooner than that. It's too late in the sense that if you're not going down that path, it can be difficult to go into a new direction. Or mm-hmm. if they need to go 
into a much more talent-focused direction. They need to make those decisions. But in terms of how young you could start, I, I'd, 12 is around one of the best ages to start. And that's simply because, um, I mean, it's not a magic number, but it's around that, you know, the kids are a little more physically independent. Um, they're a little more aware socially uh, with their interactions with, uh, with adults and other people to be, to be more careful. Um, they're also, I, my experience has been in my, my kids' lives and, and I notice in other teenagers is they really start getting hungry to do something of their own. They want, they want something of their own. They want to be known for something. And so they've got that kind of inner drive to do something different with their life. And so you want to tap into that. If it's sooner than that, I think you could still um, do a lot of the uh, principles for developing talent, but it's going to be a lot more micromanaging or they're going to be a lot less aware of what they're doing. So uh, it's not as crucial. In fact, I think the talent literature talks about that. There's, there, is a, there is the possibility of of uh, overtraining or overdeveloping your skills, not in the sense that you you um, you you, uh, uh, you develop your skills too quickly, but rather in the sense that people can become exhausted uh, from uh, pursuing um, a skill single-mindedly without a balance in their life. By the way, I should mention that that is a very rare danger. I think most of us don't have that. Difficulty. I think the biggest difficulty is finding the motivation hmm. to every day uh, practice and try to deliver value and become good at our skill set. That's really the difficulty that most of us face. Mm-hmm. So, I would agree with that. So I, around age twelve, it just makes it easier as an as a as a parent to put them onto something, and then they just they they just kind of take off from there. You get that teenage obsession going, which is perfect, um, and you just channel them onto the right thing. And so practically speaking, and you can feel free to use one of your sons as an example, what does that daily pursuit of talent look like in the home? Well, that would mean, for example, to use Jonathan, and I have a, a couple others I could use too, but just to stick with the same same path here, is like last week, he had an exciting opportunity to, to deliver some uh, service through his aerial photography and his drone service, and he has a website up. So he was in the middle of one of his uh, history lessons, and he got a phone call on his uh, dedicated iPhone that he has just for him. And um, they, he got a call because somebody found him on his website that he has advertising for his service. And they said, oh, our regular uh, photographer couldn't make it. We found you. Could you come up today uh, to this lake that's about an hour north of us and um, do some filming? And he looked at me and he said, you know, put it on mute and said, Dad, could I go? I said, absolutely. Your, your regular schoolwork takes second place to developing your talent and, and your business. So you can make up for it later. And that's one of the advantages of uh, in our household. We homeschool. We can do that. So within the hour, he was already up there. He was gone all day. He did some amazing work uh, with some other photographers. And um, it was uh, – uh, if you go to my website, you'll be able to find that. But um, – Basically, these were inventors that uh, uh, and engineers that had a big project going on, and they needed someone to film this uh, this sort of jet submarine that they were making. And so he did such a good job that he was promised that he'd be invited on some other shoots for this. So that's an example of uh, uh, you can you you open your child to the possibility of 
delivering value to other people through their skill set, which means a lot of times you need to be flexible with your schedule. Mm -hmm. That's just one thing. The other one is we set them up with the tools, and that depends on on, on the talent of your child. In this particular case, uh, he's you know, people will call him up and find him this way. So we decided uh, early on that we were going to get him an, uh, an iPhone and not just a regular cell phone because we can also track him to see where he is just to make sure he's, you know, physical safety. And it was a way for people to contact him uh, for his business website and not get it mixed up with, with our, our family business. So there's a lot of things in the family life that you can do to uh, set up the environment for success. So if your if your daughter has a particular skill set, but no one can reach her, or you know for whatever it is, then then it's very difficult to uh, develop your 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 skills mm -hmm. to the point where it becomes a valuable talent. Mm -hmm. And wow. that in this particular in this particular case, my oldest boy has something that's very public. Um, uh, is very public. So obviously the way to contact him is going to be very public. But there are other skill sets where maybe they're not as public, but you're still going to be uh, – people are still going to have to be able to reach you if you're, going to, if you're going to deliver value. So you have to think that through for each of the mm -hmm. things that you're developing. I want to let all our um, listeners know that I'm going to have links to Jonathan's website at the show notes so you can see what he's doing. I should say Jonathan, Jonathan Jr. and Jonathan Sr. That's right. <laughs> so we're talking about both Jonathans today. My, my, my wife warned me about that. <laughs> if we name our firstborn <clears throat> your name, we're going to have problems later on. <laughs> well, they're they're creeping in. <laughs> and then to you, Jonathan, I just want to say, as you were telling me Jonathan Jr.'s story, I am just grinning from ear to ear thinking about being a 17-year-old, having this hobby turned talent directed by my parents, you know, having the iPhone business phone, <clears throat> the equipment, the freedom to, and the website to like field this call out of the blue, take a job an hour away today, and right. like be up to it and perform so well that they're going to ask me back. I mean, yes. that is huge, huge. Yeah. And just pats on the back to you and your son. That's fantastic. Now it's been, I, I, I it, it's amazing what it does to teenagers. Their self-esteem goes through the roof. They're they're constantly motivated, and uh, uh, and we do get compliments from other adults, not realizing what they're doing. But they they have that sense of confidence because they are they they can sense it in their bones that they're delivering value to other people, and they are interesting. And when I, when especially, well, that's when I want to encourage parents to to have this mindset that your children can do far better than you ever did, and that's what I always hope. I don't, I don't ever think, you know, oh, if my, you know, my sons can do as great as me, that'll be fantastic. Perish the thought. I, I hope that they know a lot more than I do, and I hope that they that they've learned something from my experience, so they don't have to go through the same process of trying to find a career and a, and a calling in life. So. That's the mindset that I approach it with, and uh, and so a lot of times I'll tell them like I don't know the answer to that. Research it, find out, persuade me on the merits of buying that tool or not. You know, mm -hmm. that's kind of just that general mindset that we have. Mm -hmm. Now let's um, let's bring this around to maybe some of the interests that are in our audience right now. I mean, yep. our listeners here. It's know your food with Wardy. People are at least the parents who are listening are interested in traditional cooking or homesteading or gardening. And obviously, 
all these parents, I mean, we've got children who may be interested in photography like Jonathan or, um, you know, writing like the other example you brought up. What about one of our children who's interested in, let's just say, gardening? Okay. Um, can you just brainstorm just live right now as the parent okay. of that child who may have a hobby in gardening? some of the exercises and thought process and questions that you would ask bring to the table in order to turn the hobby into a talent while they're still at home. Okay, good. Fair, uh, okay, so let's say a child is, is, is doing some good gardening in, in her backyard. And uh, now, in order to turn this into a talent, uh, so he's got one thing. So that basically, that's one thing I, I, I teach parents is that you're going to look at his personal interest. And so the fact that he's already doing some gardening and have, having some personal success at that, that would be a, a, a personal interest that he has going. So do you want three other things in his life to, to make that a success? You want to try to enlist your, your family's identity or family's goals, which is, which is not the same thing as his personal interest. Uh, you want to look at your, your, the advantages in your environment, and that could be the connections, the neighborhood that you live in. Um, it could be the fact that they, they have access to your traditional cooking website, for example, because I know our family does. And uh, you also want to look at your academic goals, and you want to merge them all together if you at all possibly can. Sometimes you can't, but a lot of times you can. So in this example of someone who's gardening, there's any number of directions you could go. So if you think immediately in terms of what could I do as a young person to bring value? I'm, let's say, 14 years old and I'm gardening in my, in my backyard. Well, obviously, I can't try to go to San Diego by myself to try selling my produce at their farmer's market, right? So you can, maybe someday I would like to do that. But I could, I could decide, for example, to uh, – uh, uh, see if I could uh, get involved into uh, trading uh, vegetables and food with other people who are doing something similar to me in my area, right? So that's bringing value to other people. Uh, but the next question that pops up then is if I want to be able to do that, then how am I going to contact people so I'm not just going door to door every day? So you, you talk to your parents and you find out, well, there are some exchange services online for $5 that you can set up and set up your, your – uh, uh, a neighborhood list and see if you can get people to sign up so you can trade. So you start learning about how to manage maybe some announcements on your blog uh, that's related to uh, a vegetable exchange. That would be one way to do that. So <clears throat> as <clears throat> that would be just one example. And in the process of doing that, you're realizing that you need to uh, communicate with people. You need to write. So you may get involved in that. Maybe you want to go further than that. Maybe you find out that uh, one of your siblings or your parents has like a, uh, 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 one of those Adobe Photoshop programs where you want to put together flyers to try to get the rest of the neighborhood involved so you can put it up or tell them about it. Uh, that would be one way to go. Another way to go would be uh, you could be really interested and fascinated in the whole uh, storage um, aspect of uh, the abundance of produce, and you may be really involved in the recipes and in the, uh, and the product evaluations of the of the jars and the services that you need in order to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So you could you could review that to have a little personal blog. You're not you're just consuming the vegetables for yourself with your family, but now you're starting to review all the products out there that you use for uh, for canning and for preserving. Mm -hmm. So you could go more of a product line, maybe. 
Um, maybe your child, which we don't know, this is why you'd have to interview uh, a child a little bit more, but maybe he's got much more of a mechanical engineering bent. So he could really get involved in the whole um, um, cellar, uh, cellar control with humidity and so forth and so on and get involved in that side of it, which mm-hmm. you start becoming removed from the gardening aspect, but it is tied to that world. And so you have an in-depth knowledge. What you're doing from a uh, technical point of view uh, is still serving the gardening market. So you have this integration of knowing the the, the needs of the gardener and you're tying it in, let's say, with the, with the technical aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of boys that really – I have one boy who really enjoys that technical drawing. Uh, mm-hmm. to be really drawn to that. So that would be an example of how you could integrate uh, two separate skills into one. Yeah, and my mind is just going a mile a minute with all your ideas. I was thinking about kids maybe um, doing focusing on seed starts. Starts. Absolutely. I mean, because there, you everybody's do. running around in the spring buying starts. Yep. So why don't you provide the starts? Or people love greenhouses or chicken coops. Maybe you right. design and build a killer one. Yep. And 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 what's going to happen is, and this is when some sometimes parents can panic on this. It's like. Well, my goodness, maybe he's going to become very good at something that doesn't matter. Uh, that's usually uh, dads worry about that more than moms. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's going to happen is that you have time because he's starting young enough. So let's say you're using <clears throat> the seed start issue, right? Uh, uh, and you know there's a demand or there's an interest in seed starts out there, but you don't know from long term is this is this a is this something productive for my adult life? Or am I still going to go have to find a job as a barista when I'm 19? Right? So. What you do is you start off, and as you're blogging and or exchanging with other people, the seeds, and you're you're ordering stuff, you find that for some unexplainable reason, there's a huge demand for some particular variety of uh, of um, I can't think of here uh, a cucumber. Okay, I'm totally making this up. I have no idea, <laughs> but that's where everybody's just going crazy over it. And and your readers keep asking you. People keep asking you. Well, you have. Do you have this variety? And so, so of all the other seeds out there, it turns out that this one is in very hot demand for all sorts of reasons. Well, then you would naturally, as a young person, focus more and more of your energy on that on because that. people are interested in it. Right. And so that's why it gives you time to adapt, uh, so that your 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 skill set and your talent is bringing value to other people because and, – and by the way, I should jump in and mention, Morty, that when I, um, when I criticize some particular skills as not being uh, uh, relevant or valuable, it's not to say that those skills aren't needed. It's just that often those skills the, – the, the service has already been well met in the marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. So what you what – you, you know, it's bringing coals to Newcastle as they say. They don't need a, just another person doing the same thing. It's been well served. So like the wedding photographer – and I'm, I'm amazed at the level of photography available out there. And we have someone in our community who does that. They are just amazing. Most of the time, if you're, another person comes on the scene with the exact same skill set, there's just not enough room to make a living on it. And so the teenager can become very frustrated because – they aren't ever invited to uh, participate because it's already well served. So in the in the example here of the, the seed market, um, you have to recognize that some parts of the markets 
are, are going to be well served and the people are doing a good job. There's no, there's no shame to that. There's, it's not wrong or right. But from a talent perspective that's going to impact your child, you will want to adapt yourself to what's needed out there. And you're going to find that by trying to uh, bring value. People will tell you. Mm-hmm. So that's very wise. You've got a market research aspect of this built in. Right. In fact, what, I, you know, what you're doing, the reason why we originally um, uh, found you was because you were offering your, your uh, uh, cooking classes or your traditional cooking, which we were interested in the traditional part, online. It doesn't matter that there's a thousand other cookbooks out there. If you had just only done cookbooks, you would not be where you are. It needed to be online and it needed to be video-based because we have one of our kids uh, that watches that. And, uh, and it, it, uh, we didn't want a celebrity chef style of cooking, right, because that's more restaurant-oriented because that didn't, we wanted to be able to cook for our family. So, but there, what you there was not what you are delivering now was not really out there. It's there in bits and pieces all over the place, but not in the particular format and context that we needed it in. Mm-hmm. So that would be an example. So when I look at uh, at uh, the traditional cooking site, um, there, you really don't have any competition out there as far as delivering it in that particular format. And in order to get to that, you uh, you had to obviously. Uh, uh, work the the video side, uh, the the websites. Uh, learn how to get the information to people out there. So you had all these other skills that came in, uh, in addition to the core skill of uh, traditional cooking. Yes, that is very true. I I I feel like there's a quote out there, but my mind is not finding it right now. But there's anyway. I feel like myself. I'm first of all, I'm grinning from ear to ear to hear you say. <laughs> how our classes are meeting that particular need or desire in your family. Um, but here's the thing. I had to learn all of that as a grown-up. I mean, in between the ages of late 20s to now I'm 40 is my true education in life, <laughs> my true 10,000 hours. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which brings me to... Um, you know, one of my final questions before we wrap up here, but how does college fit into this? I mean, if you're starting with your child who's 12 or 13, or maybe even a couple years later, you know, while they're still in your home, what do you do about college? Do they need college? Are there certain college choices that are better than others? And just give us your advice on that. Well, my take on that is that uh, it's, there's, it's not a, a yes or no answer. It depends on what your goal is in life uh, to, uh, in this case, in the context of a talent, it all depends what it is. So if, as you're developing your talent, you find that this one of the skills that you need would be better enhanced with the knowledge that you would gain, gain in college, then you would go down a college route with a specific goal in mind to acquire those skills. So if it's just to, if it's just to go to college to to just uh, acquire more general education is probably not going to be very helpful. In fact, it may be even very discouraging, where I describe it as, as like falling off of a cliff. I, hmm. I mean, a lot of people like that where they develop. It's not that they're not working hard. They're working super hard. And they're developing an incredible deep skill. And then when they graduate, whether it be uh, from high school or from, uh, from a specialty school, when they get out there, they realize no one's 
No one's really interested in paying paying anything for it. Mm-hmm. So you get this huge discouragement setting into their life because they have almost over-specialized on a skill set from which they can't uh, uh, develop any any livelihood from. So, And that's very discouraging if you spent that much time. But if you had adapted yourself gradually over time to uh, trying to bring value through your talent early on, you would know. So musicians run into that problem all the time. It's not that people don't want music. What they usually don't want is the exact same music that they've heard before, but they may want it in a, in a different format, right? So uh, if, you, if you try to bring value early on, you're going to discover that. And then at that point, you're going to find out whether or not college makes sense for your particular skill set. Mm-hmm. So, so you may find, let's say, okay, we go back to that example, the gardening example, that a child really likes the gardening, but then they get really involved in the technical aspect, and they may find that um, they really enjoy designing cellars, Okay. And so they, they become known for the person who can design sellers, uh, sellers for you. And maybe they find that they need uh, um, uh, some kind of civil engineering degree in order to get a path past uh, zoning requirements uh, because of the area that they're in. Well, then that makes look, makes a little easier to decide, okay, I'm going to go for a civil engineering degree or a uh, an architecture degree. I'm making this up because don't, people don't do this unless you do your research. <laughs> right, right, but, right. But we it, understand it, you're not making a recommendation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the path. It's an idea. Yeah, reason I'm saying that because you hear this all the time. People just, I'm just going to go to college and find something. Well, that does not, they're, they're selling you a particular product and skill set that may not meet your goals. Yeah. So you cannot, you need to be, you need to be in charge. And so if you don't have an idea as to what your child, child could do, um, college becomes, uh, it, it can become a big, uh, waste, waste of time, not and because money. they're smart yeah, and money. And then when you get out, you feel so frustrated. You still have nothing that you're good enough at. Yeah. So that's the same thing. You know, people, a lot of times they, they really get into, uh, becoming very good, some people do, at writing college essays and so forth. But years have gone by where they've never actually produced something apart for their teacher where people want to consume that. And you hear professional writers who are successful, they will tell you, you can't just write in general. You have to focus in on something. You have to be known as the the detective that writes mystery novels in a cooking context, for example, or or in a lawyer context. Or you have to be the person who really knows how to write how-to books in an engineering context. So they have very particular um, skills are meant to be used and uh, to produce something. And what you're talking about, I think, is true. Um, I mean, obviously, we're talking about kids and developing their talent but grown-ups anybody anytime yep. anyone goes into business you really have to carefully consider your niche because you are not you're not gonna you're really not gonna make it if you haven't been specific enough with the kind of person who you're trying to serve and I'll just give an example of my business it's traditional cooking right and even further than that we tend to have families, women. I mean, I'm the dialogue is to a very specific kind of person. And it doesn't mean that everybody who's a member is that person. But most of them are, because that conversation and that kind of service between us tends to be that specific. And so anybody going into any business needs to be that specific. Right. 
Otherwise, yeah. you're not you're just speaking to the world, and it's just echoing back to you. <laughs> and, and and the thing is, is that if you start with uh, with uh, young people when they're still teenagers, that's what's so exciting is that it's not just that you're you're doing something with an idea of providing a living, or even if it's uh, if it's a charity work where you're doing something, they get some so much uh, emotional value and motivation in being able to to bring something to other people. I think people don't realize that, and I think that's one of the um, – and we all have to – there are all things in life we have to do that we don't like to do. You know, with paperwork, we have to fail out because things need to get done. But you don't want to make that your main focus. So when when you're learning, when people are learning something, if they have a way to apply it and bring value to other people, it's not fake value. You know, everybody knows what that is. You write somebody for grandma and grandma gives you a pat on the back. That's not real value. Grandma has to love you no matter what, and you know that. The acid test is whether or not you can bring value to other people often that are outside your family. And it could just be friends and neighbors in the beginning. But teenagers are are becoming adults and they want to know that they are making a difference in people's lives. And, and that's why talent um, can really bring an amazing change in, in a family's life. And let me tell you, if there are things that a person needs to do from a paperwork perspective or you need to memorize certain – those kids get super motivated because they're interested in getting the job done <laughs> in order to get to delivering value. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. So does it ever come up where you are faced with naysayers? Um, um, I think with naysayers, well, we have been careful. Um, and that's because I have enough life experience that in the beginning, um, depending on what your talent is, so for example – um, there are some things that my son does in the background that's that's uh, it's not traditional in the sense that he's not mowing lawns. So people don't, you know, that's, oh, mowing lawns is acceptable. If you're living on a farm, they can understand they might be milking a cow. But if it's other things like uh, pitching to grown men at a real estate agency, uh, that's when people don't know how to, how to take that. So... If they're young, it depends what they're doing. Sometimes you don't need to broadcast it. Uh, if you have if you have them helping in helping them helping on something um, that's more non traditional, so you want to keep it under wraps. Uh, you don't have to keep it a secret until they become good enough. And when they're good enough, you can let it be known a little bit more. So, mm-hmm. for example, let's say if you had one of your children that uh, one one of your daughters was handling the camera for you and doing a lot of the videography. You may or may not want to broadcast that if they're that young because in people's minds, they, they're thinking you're using them or abusing them or whatever is going through their minds. But at some point when when the camera work gets really good and they, they realize that and their name starts popping up in the credits, then uh, you get a lot of positive feedback. So uh, it is true that uh, sometimes people don't understand how come you don't have them in soccer or baseball. Uh, and your kid is more interested in doing video shoots. That's not always uh, people may not. I haven't had I haven't had opposition, but more consternation. I don't get mm. that more because their skills are so visible and public that uh, actually I get a lot of uh, compliments. But there is a there is always a time uh, phase in the beginning where they are not very good. So if your child is starting to learn to write stories, interesting stories. You may, you don't you don't need to go out of your way to broadcast uh, their very awkward story writing. 
maybe just to a, a few friends uh, that might enjoy that. They won't be too critical. And as they get better, uh, you can increase the the, the public. Mm-hmm. It's really so, good advice. I think it's w- one reason why it's so good that you have taken this 10,000 hours and and applied it to um, the raising of children and developing their talent because as the parent, you're not only the experienced, wiser kind of voice of reason and, you know, to help direct all the possible choices that are out there to the wise ones, but you're also in the nurturing, protective role and providing a cushion. And it's not a false cushion or a, I mean, it's important. It's that protecting them until they're ready, until their skill gets to the point, until they've, you know, they've got the... uh, even some wisdom built up, some experience with testing the waters and trying different things. And it's like they're like they're fragile. Yeah. And you're going to protect them until um, they're ready. Exactly. To, to show the world or the and, community. And, they, and just like adults, I mean, obviously, they, they can also get uh, dis- in the beginning. Usually at, when you reach a certain level of uh, competence, uh, this problem disappears. Um and sometimes you might get too bold, and then you have to restrain them. But, uh, <laughs> Again, but, why the parent is there, right? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's, a, it's it's both push pull. In the beginning, mm-hmm. you do have to do some encouragement. They try something, and it, you know it's not brilliant the first time around because usually they're admiring someone else who's very good at it. Yeah. And then you have to kind of like, no, no, it's not the time to get up, give up now. Maybe we need to take it down, decompose it into a smaller skill, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to write. Uh, uh, a novel. Uh, the Rings novel. <laughs> Why don't we try writing a short story first? Yeah. And instead of trying to write, uh, you know, some end of the world story, how about instead, you know, you take it down, or you find, or you find a mentor, or you find a course that uh, it targets that particular level of ability, and you build them up. So, so in the beginning, a lot of times you you might be trying to um, uh, encourage them so they don't become discouraged. Later on. Uh, that kind of switches actually, and I think that's also just could be teenage hormones. They tend to have a lot of confidence. Um, I have, I have a 13 year old daughter, and uh, so now I'm dealing more with uh, uh, gender difference there. But with my boys, I think with boys they, um, they tend to be overconfident um, in their later teen years rather than than uh, underconfident. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you know, obviously give them some pointers there. Um, on, on how to behave, but it's a nice it's a nice problem to have because um, they will get up and and go and do things. They will get up early in the morning to go do it. They'll stay up late at night to get it done. I don't need to tell them to do it. They yeah, they are going they love it. it. They lock yeah they lock onto it. Um, and I think girls get like that too. Uh, if they if they have a focus, so if they have a focus, they just got that emotional energy. And that physical energy that uh, us older people sometimes wish we could get back. But that's when you want to do that. You want to lock them into that and get them going. Mm-hmm. I want to bring out something that you've now mentioned for the third or fourth time, which is this idea of courses. And I want to mention it for our parents who are listening. Like maybe your child is interested in something about which you know nothing. And we live in such a wonderful age where there are so many online resources. I mean, when I was growing up, we just had the library. <laughs> and it it was limited, right? Small town, it was whatever was in the card catalog. And if you requested exactly. something from another city, it was a couple weeks. So, yeah. but now we have, you know, online f- about photography and writing and 
you know, classics and languages and, you know, all these different skills that may come up that you find your child needs in order to develop their talent and to provide the value, there's likely a course out there yes, that they can take. And that just, um, I want that to be encouraging to parents that you don't have to know everything. And, you know, what's amazing, too, is that, yes, absolutely, I, um, I totally, I feel like that's how I treat it. I'm like a coach. I'm like a talent coach for my kids. There are some things that I do know, a few items that I do know from my, my personal experience and professional experience, but there's a lot of areas I don't know, but I know where to go to find it, or at least yeah. how to find it. How to find it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It can go straight, you can go straight to the best down in the world. You don't have to, um, uh, get a sec, you know, you don't have to learn through a textbook. You can go straight online to a lot of these sometimes very famous people and they are available for, for very little money when you think of it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, it's right there. You can tap into it. And I think there is a transition process. Some of the, some of the parents are understanding that, but a lot of the people are still remembering their youth when you had to go to the library to find that one book on cooking. <laughs> and, uh, you're like, no, there is a whole world out there and you can have direct access to them. And um, like I, I encourage sometimes people to, even if they want to, you know, if they're thinking in terms of homemaking, where you want, uh, especially for girls, if they want to be able to work from home um, and raise a family, um, that they there's a lot of stuff out there that they can tap into uh, from household management to traditional cooking, like your courses, to a bunch of other things that you can tap into the best in the world and apply it to your home situation. Mm-hmm. So there, there are so many things out there that'll just, I mean, it's, it's mind blowing. They just, it just keeps coming out. I mean, I'm, you go on YouTube and you type, uh, oh, I had a friend who was, uh, who has a farm and they always had these, uh, gopher problems, which is, uh, for, for these very, very expensive crop that they, that they grow. And the, the gophers are very active. And so I was uh, kidding him one day. I was trying to encourage him to, to take more advantage of uh, 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 online resources for their kids' education. And he was going on about how uh, they finally solved their gopher problem. And I says, well, how did, how did you resolve that? Did you someone locally? He says, no, I just went on YouTube. <laughs> and there's this fellow who's devoted his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> to gopher to traps. Gopher traps. <laughs> <laughs> said case closed <laughs> okay i've got to tell you that's probably the same guy that helped us solve our gopher oh, problem okay, there you go. <laughs> seriously youtube <laughs> yeah so it's just i i just stand amazed and it's amazing because uh he's not going to be your neighbor i mean it's very unlikely that it's going to be your neighbor and um so you can go online and piece it together now in that example of the gopher catcher his spot is probably already taken, <laughs> but uh, there's some variation on that. And in the past, it would have been it would have been very difficult, if not impossible, to to find people like that. Yeah, good, and good point. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that you you knew him too. So <laughs> <laughs> it's likely. So we need to wrap up, but I'm glad you mentioned that you're a coach for your children to develop their talent. You're also a coach for other parents to help them yes. discover and guide their children from hobby to talent. So, and you have a special offer for our listeners. So I'm just going to give it over to you to explain what you want to share. I have, um, what I, what I, if you go to 10 K to talent.com and it'll be in the show notes. Um, first of all, I have weekly tips that come out so you can just subscribe to my newsletter 
um, and I'll push out the tips to you or you can just browse my website and uh, a lot of the stuff that I share there will be in my guide. Uh, I also have the guide I've been talking about, the big guide, it's called How to Develop and Discover Your Child's First 100 Hours of Talent. So it's a method that I walk you through. It's a seven-day personal workshop that you can do uh, on your own through the guide. And I would love to be able to send it out to your listeners if they email me and uh, tell me that uh, they heard me on your show. And I'll, I'll send them the PDF guide uh, so they can use it themselves. Thank you so much. That is so generous of you. And my email is talentcoach at 10k2talent.com. We can put that in the show notes so you can see how it's spelt. Okay. And uh, in addition to that, if they're interested uh, after reading it, uh, I also offer a coaching service to go with it. So I have a couple of levels of coaching. And basically, as you work through the exercises, uh, you can talk with me and I can give you some pointers on how to better uh, design something that's going to make sense for your child and your family. Great. Now, Jonathan, I want to clarify, this episode is going to air on February 20th, 2015. And so your offer for the guide is available for 30 days. So let's just say until March 20th, 2015. So if you're listening and you want a a copy of the guide from Jonathan, you'll email talentcoach at 10, which is the number 1010k2talent.com. So do that within 30 days of listening to that or by listening to this or by March 20th. Absolutely. I'm super happy to to do that. And by the way, also a call to your listeners, I'm I'm a I'm a talent predator in the sense that I love hearing ideas. Sometimes people have one idea that they've implemented that's just absolutely brilliant in helping their kids develop a a skill or Hmm. a set. And uh, if, if people have some unusual uh, angles on that, I would love to hear about it. So email me too and tell me your experience or point me to a resource that you have seen. So I'm always on the lookout for another great gopher catcher idea. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Journey, so. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your journey, your time, all the stories and wisdom, Jonathan. We really appreciate it. Oh, I love doing that. Thank you, Wardy, for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then without a space, just type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air. So go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Warty while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. While you're there, please do leave a rating or review. I love to get them, love to read your comments, and they're invaluable to help other people find this podcast. Thank you so much.